first issue to last issue. Um, I've read Sandman. I think that was probably the first comic that I read, and obviously like graphic novels like Watchmen. But as far as like an actual comic series, um, this one had me hooked. I think I want to no, say you, you read all of them. I've read so I haven't read any of the like side stuff. Like I haven't read like the the um, Invincible Universe uh, the stories. I've read, and, you know, I've, I've like what is Invincible Universe? Here. Yeah, um, but but as far as like the actual like mainline story, I've read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like I said, it's like that Sandman, and uh, that's probably it that I've actually like read oh. like. How many compendiums the, the are there? Series. There are twenty or something like that, like all together, like the the collections. Well, the I know it's something like thirty tradebacks. Um, because I know that like I had to, I eventually had to read it in trades. Um, because like the compendiums, I think the compendiums uh, had just started coming out, like the omnibus, like you know, uh, like six trades in a thing um, had just started coming out when I started reading it. <laughs> six um, trades in a thing. Like six, like six trades all together. So it was like, <laughs> so it was like, you know, it, like collections of collections of collections of comics, um, which, uh, which is why I, I had like a misremembering of just how far into the series, like issues wise, the, uh, the kind of the first twist was, um, but it's, it's such a good, like, it's so good for what it is. I think Michael Swaim was one of the people who uh, is, is on the uh, Cracked podcast. I think is when he he mentioned it. Uh, he's talking about like just good comics that are out there, um, and I and I started reading it. And he recently had a video about how the show is like the boys, but less grungy. Um, just because the story is the boys, but less grungy, like it's the mm-hmm. same thing where it's like kind of treading on both this unique story and also. The, the the meta tropes of uh of superhero stories the, the video that he was doing was about like groundhog day loops and how that's becoming like its own trope now did you watch the motion comic as well i did not uh but uh, uh i've just the um just just the initial reading i think so recently i, I you know after our conversation i went back and i started reading some of the trades for the the, the first you know the first handful of issues and I forgot just how much the art style like evolves into what it eventually becomes. Whereas the show starts pretty much with like the main art style. Um, but it doesn't, you know, like, like some of the, some of the line work and stuff kind of evolves into that. Like at first it's mm-hmm. very um, kind of like, like fired off kind of uh, uh, sketchier than like defined. Okay. This is how this character looks. Um, but uh but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a great series. Like it's just like uh, what I like is is it takes the what's become like the boring opinion of Superman, right? Where like there's this thing that every guy says about Superman, where it's like, oh, Superman. You know, the problem with Superman is he's too strong. He's, he's got boring. Too, he's boring because he's so strong. And it's like, right? Okay, but he, really, what he what it is is he's boring because he's good, uh, but good is a relative thing. And so what if there's somebody who is good, just like Superman is, but comes from a different society, which would make sense. Um, what if he, what if it's playing on the Superman is, is good myth. Um, so I like that. Uh, but, it, and then of course, like there's just like, there's so many like opportunities for little micro parodies of, 
<laughs> like I love, it's not as clear in the show, um, but the the green ghost, the powers come from just like swallowing this like green emerald. And in the comic, you know, the 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 green ghost is like has to vomit it up in order to stop being the green ghost. And then uh, in the you know, there's like a quick panel where it's like, oh, we got to get a ghost back up, and so he has to like force it back down his throat. Um, like that kind of stuff, you know, is, is, is fun where it's like, yeah, you know, it, it, how is that different than, than the original Green Lantern having to like carry around a, a full lantern? So for folks listening in, uh, as I've hit the record button to build this energy between my friend Ben Burrs and I, as we were yes, talking, yes. Uh, which I, I like, I like to do the Chris Hardwick style of, uh, of interviews and Conan O'Brien needs a friend just kind of having a conversation. Um, right. We were talking about Invincible, the comic and the new Amazon Prime TV show. I think it's a, it's a sleeper hit. Like, I don't think it's like the boys big by any means. Right. But for those, uh, like, I, I didn't read any Invincible before the, the web series came out, the, the new TV show came out. I, I've, I've seen, like, the comic, like, here and there and different posters and, and, and different articles. But I didn't really, I'm not really into the uh, the image universe uh, with, like, Savage Dragon and stuff like that. Um, I, I read Savage Dragon as a kid, so when I read... The first compendium of this and i saw that it was he was in there at the funeral scene that we'll talk about in a second like it just i was like oh like this and like spawn and all this like all of this is like in the same yeah world. so yeah no it's it's um it's it's really it's really neat uh just as like a as like a standalone thing I and mean, in the comic i mean I, I assume that there's like it's more difficult to do this like to sneak this kind of stuff in a show but in the comic there'll be like a panel where it's like a very iconic bit of something from Marvel or DC is kind of like in the background in such a way that you have like a little bit of deniability. Like, I think there's like a Spider-Man leg at some point in like a universe hopping bit. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, the, the kind of connectedness is, um, is all, is all part of it. Cause it's, it's about like, it's about universes, which comics have kind of like turned into, or it's, it's no longer just like a, here's this guy. It's become, you know, which which of the Marvel universes is this? This is World Six Sixteen and not Six Seventeen. You know, it's not the zombie. It's not the zombie uh, uh, alternate turn, timeline six. Um, yeah, I uh, I think initially I was really excited for the show when it was announced last year because uh, the cast alone got me excited. I oh, I, yeah. I I love Stephen Yoon. Um, mm. He just uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, Midori just won an award. Uh, yes, new film that he's yeah. in. Uh, several awards. Sandra O oh plays his mother. J.K. Uh, Simmons is uh, awesome as Omni Man. Uh, mm -hmm. Zazie Beats, which I know you're going to be a big fan of, and you're talking oh, about yeah. that a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's just I mean, the list goes on. Mark Hamill makes a cameo from time to time in this thing. John Hamm plays a couple of voices as well. I mean, it's a it's a huge cast for yeah, just a web series like just kind of one. Like I I hope they make more because it's a long universe. Like I I was mentioning, like I've read through seven of the trades and like yeah. the store, like I stopped reading just because I want to not get too far from the show because already, like I think past graphic novel two, like it gets a little off the show rails. Um, right. And this is starting to become its own thing. Not like game of Thronesy, but yeah. definitely like it's, it's starting to become like its own thing. I've noticed. I would say that the show does a, a good job of pulling everything that's in the show. And I think part of this is that Kirkman is, uh, is, is on the, um, on the writing, the, the the writing staff of the show, um, but it 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 pulls things from the comics, but not following the order of the comics. Because like the comic, like a comic doesn't have to follow a TV arc. 
like a comic doesn't have to have like an you know enough episodic you know connective tissue that it can it can just like throw out like a weird thing that just happens and not see it but i've yet to see something in the show that wasn't at least uh in the spirit of the comic like it's a very faithful adaptation um yeah just like sometimes things happen in a, in a slightly different order i think like uh all the all, all the lists and things of like this is what's different between the comic and the show has been really uh nitpicky if anything you know it's 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 not um like the boys is a great counter example because it's the same you know it's the same streaming service so that you can see how far they can go from from the thing you know where they basically have this like simon Pegg inspired character and this like crazy uh uh you know when we talked about the boys in, in the boys episode where it's, it, it, the the show is so different from the comic uh mostly for the better like it you know it, it makes the show um like a minor thing is that it's set in, you know, set in America instead of like, I think he's from Scotland, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken in the comics. Um, and, and uh, for, in order to have, what's his name? The guy that's in everything. That's the star of the boys. Um, uh, what's, what's his name? Son. Oh, Doesn't matter. Uh, Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dennis Quaid's son. Dewey. Uh, Dewey, <laughs> Dewey Quaid. Um, <laughs> yeah. In, uh, you know, the, the boys is a great example of a show that like took, took the spirit and then like made it fun instead of making like a slog of sad people doing sad things. Um, still sad in a fun way. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Invincible's been just like a real fun, fun ride. And I will say this, like I, the one, the, I guess the like one chief complaint I have about Invincible is I feel like the, something about the art style and the, the animation style feels I don't know if cheap is too hard of a word, but it's like, it feels like it's kind of like done in, in gestures instead of done in um, something not hand drawn, right? Like it feels like it's all done uh, uh, kind of computer 2d. Um, I can understand so that. Some of it, yeah. So some of, it, some of it kind of feels like cheaper, but I understand that, that you know, if you don't have the uh, you know, Superman money, then you don't necessarily get Superman animation. What uh what I enjoyed about watching the show before I I read the comic was, um you you definitely get hooked by the time you watch the first episode. Um, and it's a dual episode back to back. I mean, I mean at this point it's not really dual dual. I mean, you can watch them. I think up to episode four by the time we're recording this, and episode five mm-hmm. comes out this uh Friday, which is uh, April 9th. and that will be also um five out of eight because there's only eight episodes in the first season. Uh, they haven't announced whether or not they picked up the second season yet. I don't think though. Gotcha. But, but that being said, like, you know, I remember texting you after I watched the first episode. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Well, you, it, your your first question, I think, was something like, well, that seems like it must be a departure from the comic. And I was like, no, not really. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it shows up slightly earlier than it does in the comic. But yeah, it, point, I think, if you have not read nor watched Invincible and you don't want any spoilers, I would tell you to stop listening now. For sure. While you were not listening, let me also just make sure I, I give a plug to my friend Tadaro's Pizzeria at uh, North Market Street in Greenville, South Carolina, right outside downtown, right near Floor Field, near the baseball field there. Check out Tadaro's Pizza, North Market Street. They have $5 off large on Mondays, dollar uh, slice night on Wednesdays, and other specials throughout the week. Uh, hopefully, they'll be bringing back a trivia night and um, comedy night in the summer when COVID numbers continually go down and so on. So check that out. Tadaro's Pizza as well. Give us also a like and subscribe. Anything you listen to with our voices already out there uh, with False Art with Angie Van, uh, One Star Reviews and the Alchemy Comedy Podcast on 
um, Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on Apple iTunes, Google Play, all the voices there, iHeartRadio again. Uh, give us a like, subscribe, and all that, and we can keep doing more of these episodes. Uh, last month's Torque episode blew up. Not, I'm like surprised, not surprised. Larry Simonson, who's on the show, uh, when I told him we had a, over a thousand downloads on one episode, which was about Torque the movie, he was like, you gotta be shitting me. I was like, nope. Whatever reason, Torque was what people wanted. Anyway, back to the show now, back to the spoilers. Episode one. Yes. So, uh, Compendium, what do we want to call it? Yeah. So, uh, the it is amazing how uh, I, I think I, I, I was wrong when I texted you because I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly how it went down in the comics. Completely wrong. Um, uh, not that it's like, a, again, a departure, like the spirit of it is very, very much the same. I'd say that the, the difference is um, there doesn't seem that they, they're not playing up the animosity between Immortal and Omni-Man. Um, you know, because he says, you know, basically he like one shot kills everybody uh, in the comic. And it's just like, um, I always hated you to Immortal. Um, whereas in the show, you know, there's like this great fight. And I think that's where, that's what makes me think that the, the rest of it is just so much of the funding went toward the fight scenes because the fight scenes are really tight animation wise. And then it's like the talking back and forth where they're like, oh, you know, here's, Here's a talking loop. Um, but yeah, that that freaking fight scene, man. It was so good. Like, I watched it again later. I watched just that scene, which is like uh, probably uh, uh, like a sign for something. But uh, <laughs> but I was like, I was watching it again because it's just so tight. And it kind of shows like a thing that you wouldn't necessarily need to show in a comic book because it's not, you know, just bang, pow. Um, but uh, yeah, just the, the I think the, the red, um, what was his name? Red Rush. Red Rush, uh, yeah like red rush like you know doing his best and just punching and punching and punching and punching and punching and punching 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 and then you know finally his head pops and they realize oh this is not just like a fight where we're gonna like get knocked down and then win you know this is like a is a, a full full-on fight yeah i think like um, war woman and immortal said it best when they were about to like really like i think like half the the, the their squad I think, it's them, I think it's them and then the fish guy um yeah. at that point and they said uh it's either it's either him or us and he's like i choose us Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't—they don't, they don't want to cross that line. Like, like most heroes don't, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Batman doesn't kill. Superman has a code. Wonder Woman also. Like, they all like that's what defines the line between good and bad in a lot of ways. What I do enjoy about Invincible that the boys doesn't do is that they both have their parallels to DC and and, and Marvel. Like, they have their own Justice League. They have their own Flash. Mm-hmm. Huge Red. They have their own jokingly Aquaman. Right, the half fish man person i think but like but they take themselves I think, I think no i think no i think nothing takes aquaman seriously in any universe right sure. like, like this one it's like a reverse mermaid uh and you know he's always just like oh finally some action yeah and then and then you've got the deep in the boys who is yep. just like a joke on top of a joke uh and then like the actual aquaman you know i, I think it all goes back to the super friends i think like sure. the, the fact that super friends you know just had him always talking to whales instead of actually doing any fighting but I think, like, unlike the boys, like, these are actual heroes that do good in their universe, whereas, like, in the boys' right. universe, they're just jokes of themselves. Like, they, right. yes, they yeah. have power, like, they have abilities, but, like, they're just meta, right? That's all Yes, yeah. And they're, well, and I think the, the difference is, in the boys, superheroes are, they are, they are one, what superheroes would be in real life, right? And we know that because of all the parallels they are, which is celebrities politicians capitalism and, and police right they're, they're the idea of you know if you give someone too much power they would you know potentially abuse it uh they are their own hype people 
um, you know, there's a thing back in like World War II where like veterans would actually play themselves in their like movies of themselves. Um, it's happening a handful of times. Um, so it's not actually, it's not actually something that's not happened before that the superheroes would play themselves like they do in the boys. Um, but they're more, they exist more as the marketing uh, version of, of superheroes uh, mixed with superheroes actually existing. Um, whereas here you've got people who actually have powers for all the different reasons um, that you would have powers, um, which is also something that is different from the comics to the show for the boys is in the boys. People only have powers if they get it from the, the corporation. Whereas in right. the comics, it, it still is, you know, magic superpowers and, um, there's like a tech tech knight who's like the Batman Iron Man version, you know, yeah. where somebody gives himself powers and he's the robot suit. super perverted and a an, uh, sexual assaulter, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. They're all yeah, horrible right. people in the in the thing. That's what, right. So, so like, I kind of enjoy Invincible more because their universe, like, they're they're more real, but they're not purposely over the edge awful people. Right. They're 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 more. What if this? Um, what if there was more complicated darkness in a superhero universe instead of? what if a superhero universe had the kind of moral ambiguity that the real world has? Right. Yeah. So first episode, first comic goes through that uh, Omni-Man is his world savior. He's, he's their Superman that is not part of the super team purposely and so on. And he reveals why later. Um, and then as, as Mark is like a, he's like a senior, I believe in, in high school, mm-hmm. um, his powers are developing late. He's a half Veltramite, which is what his dad is. Um, and he's gonna eventually get powers. They're waiting on it. I love Debbie, the wife, too. How being married to Super is so just normal for her. Yeah. Well, part of that comes from the fact that they're like very uh, romantic. You know, like they're yeah. and that's and that's true. You know, that's true in the comics as well. Um, and I think that like Sandra O oh pays it like pitch perfect of just like they are very sex positive mm-hmm. and they're very like about talking about it. Um, and what's, you know, to the, to the credit of, of the, the comics and to the show that actually is important to the plot. Um, and not just like, get it. <laughs> they like sex and that's a gross thing. Cause like teenagers, like it actually is like integral, integral to, um, to a lot of things that happen later, um, that they are one actually in love, uh, to doing it like rabbits. Yeah. Um, but they only have Mark. So, so yeah, so they set up the universe pretty well in the first episode. And then the end, uh, again, you, 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 uh, you go and follow the heroes, the guardians of the globe, immortal war woman, uh, fish man. I can't remember his name. Uh, Red rush, the, the green Martian man, the green, uh, the green lantern, uh, uh green, green ghost, mirror, green ghost. And the, the dark wing, uh, which is their version of Batman. They all unite in their cave. They're lured in a trap. Omni man. Like we just talked about a second ago, murders them all like just mm-hmm. almost without even sweating basically uh and then finally kind of flops at the end after splitting a mortal's head with a single chop to the neck yep. um and then they all get found he's the only one alive it's suspicious so they go to the next episode and uh at this point mark has his abilities come through the first episode he's introduced to art who's one of his dad's like uh closest confidants who makes superhero costumes apparently at night uh, mark is testing out his abilities and he runs into the 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 teen team 
which is yeah. the spoof of the Teen Titans, however you want to put it. Um, but it's interesting. I like the team. It's really yeah. Yeah, the teen the teen team would be like it's it's kind of a spoof of the Teen Titans, but also a spoof of like X Men. Like as far as like specific power sets, like the, you know, uh, uh, Adam Rex Eve Explode. is more like the the Jean Grey. Yeah, Rex Explode is basically Jubilee. He's Gambit, um, I think. Really? Yeah, I guess like a Gambit. He's charging, makes a he's charging random items and throwing at people. So. But they're also mostly fireworks, which is Jubilee, right? right. So it's kind of you know kind of a mix of mix of the two. Um, and then there's Robot, um, who is. Uh, at the time, you don't really know what his deal is. You don't know if he's like an Iron Man or if he's like just an actual robot. Um, and then Duplicate, who is uh, great. I, lo- I love I love multiple man and multiple man type powers. Um, Duplicate is definitely like a multiple man type that is very okay with dying a lot, uh, yeah. both in the comics, both in the comics. And, and very the okay with orgies too. Like, hey, Lord. you know. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, immature payoff that you that you want in a ridiculous uh uh you know comic show we, we mentioned earlier too about how the first episode already had such a great voice cast and now you add on like clancy brown who's been in like like sleuther he's he's been mm-hmm. in superhero animated series i mean he's been just a, a a legend uh spongebob if you want to throw it out there too right mr crab himself walton goggins you got uh jillian jacobs plays oh, zachary e. quinto plays robot you've oh, got yeah. jason um, Matsuka's playing Matsuka's rex is rexplode yeah, it's oh, a it's a dynamite cast. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, so he he runs to the teen team. Uh, they they save the world, and it's a too easy of a fight. The aliens run away really quickly. Then he recognizes, of all people, Eve is also in his school just by her name, which is that that's like sort of weird and funny, right? Like, I think it's doing like the Clark Kent thing, right? Like it's saying like people are you know people surprisingly don't. Uh, don't look into that that kind of stuff. They don't expect, you know, they don't expect someone to to be you know, these two different things. Yeah. Um, there was a thing recently. I don't know if you saw where um, uh, Zoe Deschanel posted herself without bangs. Yeah, I saw it without <laughs> glasses, and I was like, "What?" People were like, "Who is this woman?" You know, uh, he was like, "I totally get why people understand like Clark Kent and Superman." It makes sense. You know, it makes sense. People people expect you to have like a certain thing. Um, like if I shave my beard, people don't know who I am. Um, it just happens, they, um, and they don't realize that you don't have a giant chin. So that's true. Yeah, I've got I've got no chin. That's why I have the beard. Uh, so then the aliens come back. They attack again. Now there's a twist that they learn that the aliens are uh, coming from a universe where they've aged. Where to them it seems like a day or two. Yeah, they're tachyons. Their tachyons move differently, and so uh, for them a long time has passed, and they've figured out how to survive with these bands. Yeah. Um, and all this is pulled straight from the comic. Yep. Um, just kind of, I think it's spaced out a little differently. It's, um, it's a little think, different because in the, in the show, I think on the third invasion, the teen teams take care of everything until the end where Omni man steps in and then he pushes the King alien techie on whatever into the portal with him. And you don't see anything else, but in the comic, you see the panels like bright red It's just black and red. And it's all him destroying the entire planet like by himself yeah sorry well in the show yeah in the show he destroys it right in the comic doesn't he uh like lead a rebellion of the um of the the slave uh people in the coliseum i thought i thought in the episode they don't show it because there's a line from the mom when um he's freaking out invincible he's like dad dad sacrificed himself and went to this portal blah 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 and she's like Oh, so he'll be home. Yeah, she's yeah, she'll, she'll be home yeah. at six. 
So, and I, I right. could have sworn they didn't show anything else, but maybe I'm wrong. Within, um, you see the interest also play up between uh, Mark and a uh, girl that was in the first episode, Amber, who Amber. they changed a little bit in the comics, right? Because in the comics, she's what I think, quote, you said it was kind of like a blowing blonde girl. And then in yeah, this she's one, like a, she's kind of a Zazie basic Beats. blonde girl. Um, and then in the show, she's Zazie Beats, uh, not- notably from uh, Deadpool 2 mm-hmm. um, as, uh, as Domino. Uh, fantastic. Um, she like hits that, like, I think one thing that is true of this show is not only you know, like obviously they, they, they've remixed it so that it's not just like a, an entire cast of white people um in a comic that is very white uh, especially viltramite um but uh but they've also done they have updated to what younger people you know if not teens and at least like millennials um would find as an attractive person like a kind of like basic blonde girl who has no interests except whatever you know the boy is interested in is not really like a thing that is uh stood the test of time as like this is the, this is the number one most attractive type of person um so i think it made sense to to kind of like replace her with a, a zazzy beats you know it was either going to be zazzy zazzy beats or um uh i'm blanking on her name the new mj uh, oh, MJ from uh, uh, Zendaya. Zendaya. Um, you know, where it's 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 there is something to be said about like, yeah, that's that is like more. It's also just like a more interesting character. Like she's like she's actually got interests outside of yeah. of Mark. Um, she's you know they they go to the the, the Thai, um, you know, kind of Thai world world day um, event, and and like she's actually. Has has some level of interest beyond just well, being. I mean, yeah, because in the comics, like like you said, she's boring only because literally, it's like that character in the comics was just written to be smitten over Mark. That's all it right. is, basically. Right. No, it's very simple. It's very like there's no there's no like a uh, Mary Jane is like is she's like a model by day, but she's also like a badass kind of thing. She has like this right. attitude, but she can also defend herself like Lois Lane kind of thing. There's no there's no level of like parallels that add on like more sophistication and just dominance whatever you want to call it to like this character arc um, right. it's just very peanut butter and jelly um in the episode two also i really enjoy the appearance of seth rogan as alan the alien um, he's great um so, yeah and, and like and just exactly who you'd want because like alan the alien i mean that that scene is what i was talking about being like just incredibly faithful <laughs> like to the point of being like that's just that's basically a motion comic Right, like that's basically you know that and immortal throwing that guy into space and being like, when in doubt, throw him in space. Yeah, um, like there's like there's certain moments that are just exactly frame for frame, um, and then uh, and then there's other moments you know that are that are completely different, which different but fully in the in the spirit of the show or, or spirit of the comic. Yeah, so I love uh, this. So basically, that they have like this. Well, Mark thinks is like a crazy emergency. He has to go to space because Omni Man. Uh, I think he just got back from the invasion, whatever he just like, saved. If I'm not mistaken, Cecil, who's Walton Goggs, like, hey, I need someone to go up there right now and, and deal with this. And I mean, it's like, oh, just send Mark. F it. Like, he's he's ready. Yeah. This 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 guy's a pushover, blah, blah, blah. Because he knows who it is. He's like, I don't want to deal with this. Bullshit. Right. Yeah, but, but also, like, the fact that, you know, up until this point, he still thought that he was coming to defend Urath or, or you yeah. know, coming to fight, to fight against Urath means that at no point has Omni-Man ever talked to Alan the alien he's just ever beat the crap out of him um <laughs> that's true i didn't think about that <laughs> which like which like in the comics you know in the comics also uh alan the alien is one of the last of his people um because his planet was was uh, attacked by the viltramites 
And, um, and so like he would have like actual beef with Omni-Man. Um, if not, if not specifically, then at least like, you know, uh, Viltrumite to, to alien. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, uh, it was, is it it just a, just a great moment. Seth Rogen's a perfect voice for that character. He's just kind of goofy, but also like, um, you know, plays a, plays an important role. Um, I am kind of glad they haven't done as much of the zombie stuff, uh, as from the comics, the, the, the robot zombies, I'm sure it'll come in later. Um, unless they do some, some pretty heavy, uh, revising just because the, the, the zombie elements that are set up in the first couple issues end up playing a, a pretty heavy role throughout the series of anytime you fight somebody once and kill them, uh, they become a potential zombie to come back later. So now episode three, we go into where, um, they, they kind of, they kind of don't even talk about the whole, um, Guardians of the Globe, Death Mystery, whatever it is, until this episode where it picks back up, where now the new character, uh, um, Damon Darkblood, is is brought in. He's brought in a little bit in the last episode, but he's brought in more this way, where he's a demon investigator, basically, right? And yeah, I guess he's like a John Constantine parallel mm-hmm. mixed with like a beast or you know some kind of some kind of kind of reminds me of Edgerkin. Like they, they haven't shown any of his powers or if he has any yeah. powers other than just being a detective, but he definitely can just teleport and just kind of vanish in thin air kind of thing. Like, a, like a demon should anyway. Um, right. So in this one, he's, he's kind of more investigating. Cause he, I mean, he has the obvious suspicion. He's like, why are there eight people attacked? But only one alive. That makes no sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Why would this one be spared? So he's, he's obviously on the hot trail of knowing that there's something up with Omni-Man, something fishy. Uh, and then there's the new tryouts for the new Guardians of the Globe, most of which is comprised of the teen team, which is Duplicate, uh, Robot oversees everything, uh, uh, Rex is in it, Explode. Uh, uh, After he gets his shit rocked by Monster Girl. <laughs> Monster Girl, which is a great, I love that character. So she's a she's a woman who's, I think, 27, 28 in real life in the, I think, comic. in the comics. Yeah. And every time she uses her power, which is basically Hulk out and become a giant disturbingly crazy super strong monster she ages backwards each time right um, yeah in the in the comic i think she's cursed by a witch um i love <laughs> there's a great like kind of running joke in the comics where someone's just like someone's backstory is just kind of like rattled off it's just like yeah cursed by a witch anyway <laughs> you know this is what this is what happened <laughs> you know nothing we can do about it um and yeah so she was cursed by a witch um uh she eventually you know kind of finds like a, a a parallel with with robot and kind of what he's dealing with um which is hinted at the very end of the episode yeah and then there's a new character also introduced and this is um uh is voiced by carrie payton who's also just been in a ton of dc things over this most notably probably uh now is teen titans and teen titans go as cyborg mm-hmm. so it's a great voice to bring into this whole thing here and um, he plays Black Samson, who's basically like a um, he's like a washed up Iron Man is what I'm trying to like. No. It. So he's more like um, he has like a Superman power set mm-hmm. initially. But he has to have a suit. But, well, now he does. So basically he is he was a member of the Guardians of the Globe. And this is this is hinted at in the show only slightly. And it's and it's he's like an original member, I think. He was an original member. He got a D-Power raid or something, lost his powers. And so he is not killed when Omni-Man attacks only because he's lost his powers. And Green Ghost is only there because of, of Black Samson losing his powers. So there's like there's a little bit of survivor's guilt that Black Samson's dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and he 
in the in the comics, it's because they fight this guy who has uh, a suit that basically gives him the same power set. Um, and then Black Samson's like, oh, great, I can use that to get my powers back. Um, and then uh, in the show, he just he just shows up already having had it. And they talk about him being washed up. They talk about him having you know having originally been a member. Um, but now he's basically got his powers back, but only with a suit. So it, yeah. originally he had kind of native, you know, natural uh, uh, powers like anybody else. Um, I guess like immortal or like um, uh, Omni-Man level power. Um, yeah, and then now you've also got Shrink Ray, um, which there's a gender swap between the comic and the, yep. and the show, but otherwise like they're fairly minor character, um, but, you know, Ant-Man power set. Um, and then the interesting thing is Eve is is invited to be on the team, but she doesn't want to be on the team. Um, now, in the comics, I know she did the same thing. And then later, she quits school, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Or she graduates. And then, like, instead of going to college, she goes to Africa because I think it's it's due to her power set, which is it's it's a very interesting thing. It's not like um, it's not like Starfire from DC, nor like Green Lantern or Green Ghost, but it's more like she can make these images and, and make this matter appear and actually become real material. I think she can, she can make matter. Um, I think hers is, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's like some scientist you know, did this to her, um, but she can make matter, but it's not unlimited. Um, yeah. She can, uh, there's, there's one it's, it's like powered by what's inside her. So she gets very hungry after she's doing, done a lot. And two, um, she can't make food, I think. So she can make, she can make things that can allow for, you know, food to be made more plentiful. Um, but she can't make, uh, uh, I want to say it's food and some other thing. We can't make living things maybe. Yeah. So, so in the comics, she eventually goes off to Africa to, to help, um, uh, less, less fortunate. And she feels more fulfilled that way rather than fighting aliens and all that. And that's something stuff. that I hope, that's something I hope they get, gets kind of, uh, updated you know like the idea of just like going going to africa oh where in africa oh to poor africa you know, to, <laughs> where are you going oh to the poor parts of africa to help yeah i'm tom hi i'm tom from tom's shoes i'm here to help the poor <laughs> africa that doesn't have the shoe money uh you know it's like uh, hopefully that gets that gets gonna fix there's a simon Pegg movie called um i can't remember what it's called something something like the, the, the how to happy or something like that and he go he takes a flight to africa and it's like are you kidding me like this happened in like 2014 it's not like a 1960s you know oh we're on the road to africa you know movie it's that's a that's a real it's a real sore spot i, I just don't understand you know why you can't like i get why you wouldn't be specific right i uh I, it's, yeah. it's like it's like that saturday live sketch i really enjoy i think it was like maybe six seven years ago and i think keenan thompson's in it and it's like the uh it's like sally feels like the whole uh for a cup of coffee a day, you too can save a child in Africa. And it's like Keenan in the back is like, yo, why don't you give more? <laughs> yeah. Or like, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's starting to get addressed more and more like the, like, like comic relief, which is the, the kind of UK and, and Commonwealth um, comedy, you know, annual event with the red nose day and stuff. Like they would film their, you know, like poverty porn, uh, promos in Africa, in, in different parts of Africa, but just be like, here's here's Africa, here's here's the sad part, um, and like they finally started getting flack. There's a great um, great Instagram to follow called um, uh, 
no white saviors. And it's all about just like, you know, treat the people that you visit on these like, you know, world saving missions as though they are actually people like people will just like post, you know, people will post pictures with like a bunch of kids that they don't know. That's my biggest country. I can't, I can't deal with that. It's like, like those, those kids deserve privacy just because they, you know, live in a third world country, absolutely country, third world country, big, big air quotes. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, so that's something that I hope gets fixed fixed from the comics. I understand that like her her heart is in the right place, and there is like they're doing that thing of like, well, what if Superman, you know, what if Superman used his powers to generate electricity instead of there's a great uh, uh, Saturday morning breakfast cereal where Superman just is used as an alternate fuel source, and that like saves a lot more, that helps a lot more people than just like punching bad guys, um, and uh, you know it's kind of utilitarian uh, view of things. Um, so there is, there's like a, I get the heart behind it, but it is like a very outdated thing that speaking since they're of, updating stuff. Speaking of energy use, there's a, there's a fun gag where Cecil, who's again, voiced by Walton Goggins, so good. Um, he has the ability to teleport wherever he wants and wherever he feels like it at the expense of $5 million to the American taxpayer. Every single time. Yeah. And he doesn't it's, give it's, a shit. It's so funny. Like how you know he'll just like just in the middle of just in the middle of nothing, just like you know, it cost me five million times to cost the American taxpayer five million dollars every time I do that. And Donald's like the straight man who's like his agent, and he's like, "Sir, you should." He's like, "Oh, nope, too late. Oops, nope, can't hear you." Yeah, super minor spoiler, but but the Donald, the assistant, I think is like full of roboticized parts. If I if I if I remember right from the comic, yes, yes, he is. He's like same same gag. Yeah, it's the same gag they do in um, uh, the Harley Quinn show with the, the guy in a wheelchair, uh, yeah, voiced by George Costanza. It's similar to like, um, what is it, Mercy in the Superman animated series? Like yes. you find out in some variations of her, like she's actually like a cyborg. Like she can right. bust out like a gun cannon kind of thing. Right, or that kid uh, that can turn into a car. Yeah, so 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 one more notable thing. At the end of this episode, you, you, you see the, um, the new Guardians of the Globe uh, unite and then... You see the Molo twins. We didn't talk about it. so the Molo twins at the very beginning of the series. They're attacking the White House. It's in their voice, also by Clancy Brown. Super fun. And it's one of them is the original. One of them is a clone. What they're always trying to one up each other as if they're like brothers. Like, oh, you're the clone. Oh, no, I'm not the clone. You're the clone because clearly right. you're only the, the original could do something like this. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. Which is um, which is like again straight from the comic. Like the heart of the comic uh, is alive and well in those in that like banter because. Uh, yeah, like if you if you thought that you were a genius and so smart that you cloned yourself, of course you'd think that you were the original, even if you weren't. Yeah. The only thing that's a little bit different is is uh, how they fall in the third episode. But I mean, that's like yeah. a minor detail because as long right. as the one lives and they'll make the other one, I mean, that's really as close as you can get. But um, you learn after the trials and all that and, and the Mall Twin escapes, uh, which I love that scene too with one of the Mall Twins is like really enjoying that it's like pot pie day in the prison as they break yeah. out. Oh uh, no, it's pot pie. Day. <laughs> he's yeah. like just picking his finger and just eating it. Uh I mean he he just gets the other one, just uses him as like a shield and runs with him and gets him like sliced up just something's crazy. Nasty. Doesn't yeah, give yeah. a fuck. Uh but then you learn at the very end that the person pulling the strings behind robots motives is Cecil and you're kind of wondering, like, is this a good thing, a bad thing? We don't really know yet. It seems really ominous as like a villainous kind of feel, but. And that and that I'd say, not to get too spoilery, but that I think is it becomes the larger um, 
kind of like narrative arc and and villains of the series. If you can say that there are villains, I mean, obviously they're like there are bad guys and then there are villains, right? There, you know, there's there's the Mahler twins who who kind of exist to be punched more than anything, um, and then there is the the forces that are against the the ideas that Mark wants to uh, kind of embody with with uh, Invincible and Robot and Cecil in kind of different and kind of similar ways are opposing ideologies. Um, and so, yeah, robot, robot, it turns out, you, you kind of see from, from behind, robot is who let the Mahler twins out or whichever Mahler twin survives. Right. Um, and Cecil seems to be fairly aware of that and just doesn't really care. Cecil also, you know, stops the demon detective because uh, Cecil lives in that gray area between evil and good. He's like, look, you know, ultimately we got to make the right, you know, whatever the right call is with, with the dice that are on, you know, the cards that are on the table. It's not about always doing the good thing. Um, and that's going to eventually, you know, kind of, kind of cause some friction um, with, uh, with invincible because Invincible's just trying to be a good kid. What do you think too? So I remember I, I, I shot a tweet at you from the invincible Twitter account about how, Every episode, the so so it's it's really funny, right? Like they they know the name Invincible is is pretty dumb. The fact that right. this 17, 18 year old kid thought to call himself Invincible is and literally dumb. every single person responds to it the first time of just like that's pretty bold or that's a dumb name or you know it's, or like that's pretty mouthful. full of yourself kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, and you know what's funny to me every time I see an Invincible comic or, or the show, I mean his mask falls apart worse than fucking Spider Man. Like oh, he is getting he goes, he goes through so many costumes too. Like there's like a like two recurring bits from the comics are either he forgets, you know, he he finally like goes to check his comic pulls and he's got like a huge stack of comics he has to buy all at once. Um or he's got a new costume because either his old costume got destroyed or he just got a new costume. Yeah. So for someone who's quote invincible, like he gets his ass kicked a lot early on. Oh yeah. Uh, He's like Chris Pine in any Chris Pine movie, just constantly getting his ass handed to him. (laughs) And so for, for the title card, every episode has gotten more bloody with the splat every episode. And, and even the Twitter accounts like, Hey, we just want to make sure you guys know, like this gets worse as it goes on. Right. Well, and it's, it's also, you know, it's a, it's a mix of different things because it's, it's one, he gets more bloody because he gets beat up more because he's facing harder and harder challenges two he has more and more blood on his hands like eventually he's doing things for cecil or he's doing things with or for robot that they have made their calculation that this is fine either they're like gray moral calculation or they're entirely overly rational calculation that these are fine things to do and he just doesn't know how to handle it like he doesn't know how to uh how to to live with like the choices he's having to make um and the choices he's having to make are incredibly difficult so now, uh, moving into the fourth episode, uh, this is like, if you're going to go in TV talk rather than comic book, this is like, again, kind of like your filler episode. It's, it's like just more of like an adventure episode rather than like sticking real close to the main story and whatever the main like theme plot is. Uh, so he's asked to go to Mars. Uh, so he's really stoked. Um, I think they said the, the mission was going to take like, so I think in the comics, the missions were just like two weeks, I think. Yes, and that's true in the and, show too. They say it's going to take two weeks, and then it ends up getting cut short. So him and Amber are kind of starting off, and then he brings back like a like a moon rock or a Mars rock for her. She doesn't really know what it is. Like a gift <laughs> he can't souvenir. tell her. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a he, rock, a totally normal rock. 
because he was just talking like like oh yeah me and my dad we we travel we we were just in the himalayas uh in that one scene where like that random dude was hiking up the top of it and he's like what the f-? so which if you watch that one john oliver uh segment it's not true and there's a whole line of people going up to the top of mount everest most days that, that you can actually go to the top oh it's and a, then it's uh, very boring and then uh was the omni man and and debbie decided to take a little date night and trying to rekindle their love mm-hmm. um but then yeah so I'm trying to remember most of this episode here so he goes to mars he runs to the sciences that need his help and then there's like these giant little like squid looking aliens all over the place yeah the sesquids um and that and again like they do a good job in the comic of the the one-off stories that seem like they're not connected to anything pay off later um or you know they 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 they, they continue to build up in the background um so yeah so the sesquids uh they can attach themselves to any non-shape-shifting being so the martians can shapeshift um and so they can't be attached to by the sesquids but once the sesquids find a host they can destroy martian civilization so the martians have like a you know an invested uh interest in not not having the astronauts there because the astronauts would be perfect hosts um and then invincible can't be attached to because he has viltrumite skin which can't be penetrated uh by the by the sesquids so it's early i feel like it's early on earlier than they've done in the tv show but i feel like in the, in the comics it's like in the think the third volume where they've already just revealed what omni-man's plan is the world finds out he goes and leaves and i feel like they're going at a slower pace with the show than they've done so far i mean maybe it's just me well i think you have to space it for an arc right like it's not going to be a comic it's not gonna be like a comic that comes out every every week you know they have to like they've kind of like map it to uh to the shape of things so yes yeah, so, so in the show um well in the show they had the, the coma uh that he's in after he takes out the guardians and so he's not whereas in the comic a lot of that is covered by him being in the other dimension um with the the slower time aliens yeah um and so yeah so he's basically there's got to be some period of time where he's not there and then a period of time um in the comic, it comes back when a mortal comes back to life. Um, so that, so I would guess if I was if I was just going to put money on it, I would guess that either this next episode or the episode after, they're going to have a mortal come back and reveal you know reveal what happened because um, they they can't do it with the demon because the demon got sent back to hell. Yeah, I'm trying to think in the comics wise, like what would be the season finale cliffhanger here because i mean i i i like said I earlier I, I i stopped reading on purpose because it it gets way crazy i mean like the whole reveal like what your dad is and like the the villainous turn that he takes and also like that came out of the gate in the first damn trade yeah. like you know well, like so i guess it's, it, it, I think it's, it's the second one really I, I thought it was the, i thought it was the first but i think it's the second one because i think it's like issue issue eight is when he you know when he takes out uh the guardians um and so the first one, the, the first like trade kind of sets up, you know, okay, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, it's going to be like a, a superhero Spider-Man kind of story, like Spider-Man, but for Superman. Um, and then it turn, you know, it takes it takes a kind of kind of turn, which I think is something that, like you don't see as much in the comics of just like second generation heroes. Um, so it's kind of nice to nice to have up until it turns out he's not a hero; he's a 
he's got his own he's got his own thing going on. Um, and and I think they do a good job too of like both in the comic and the show of tying Mark getting his powers as the catalyst for what Omni Man has to do, because it is only the fact that the Viltrumites can mate with humans that triggers the fact that he has to, you know, destroy their defenses and, and have the Viltrumites come in and, and take over um, because, oh, we can actually make, you know, we can actually generate babies with these people, um, which again, you know, I, I'm not sure, sure how far you are in the comics, but that, that is, is their, their ultimate goal is just to make more babies with uh yeah, without going, I'm going to skip around the details. The The last volume I got done is where Omni-Man is taken by the Viltrumites and while he's on the other planet with the bugs. And oh, yeah. Mark finds out that he has a half-brother. He takes a half-brother back home. Yep. Debbie and him are going to help raise it kind of thing. So I haven't gotten past that part yet. But it's just like, I get, yeah. oh, it's, it's a lot. It's a very fast-paced moving comic. Yeah, it's it's got it's got a lot of fast parts and a lot of slow parts. You know, uh, I think I think the first I think the first third is is really quick, um, and then there's parts in the the kind of middle that you know you're kind of like, well, what's it? What what's the ultimate plan here? Like, where's this? Where's this actually going to go? And then the last third I think is really really solid, really strong. I really um, feel like the way the comic and just how it's written is they they do a choose your own adventure and then they go fill in the middle parts <laughs> <laughs> right it definitely it definitely uh has has some of that where they're like you know, like here we're gonna make these 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 huge swings um and then kind of like try to live in it um, Pause. what if omni-man had sex with a grasshopper do you want to do that one or the other sort grasshopper cool now let's fill in the middle Right, right, right. Yeah, now let's now let's get there. Now let's get to now let's get to these grasshopper people. And there's like there's a lot that it pulls from Star Trek too. Um there's yeah. a Star Trek uh Voyager character um who I can't remember what her name is, but she only lives nine years. And so it's like a similar thing where she has a very short lifespan. Um and she gets her own like time travel episode where she, you know, she's she's reliving like parts of her parts of her life in the past and there's like a disease and stuff. So there's a lot pulled from that. Um and so yes, yeah, so these these bugs instantly as soon as they're born, they remember everything. So they don't have like the kind of like baby fog that humans have. Um and they only live, I think, three years. Um, so they can have these like very fast moving generations because you know they don't they only they only live for a short time. Um, yeah, which means that like the amount of time that it would take to to potentially reach uh, achieving powers if he's going to achieve powers. Um, I would say that the closest thing in an existing like MCU uh, thing would be ego from Guardians of the Galaxy Two where he's really just trying to make an heir. Like he's really just trying to get, you know, any, any kind of baby that'll, that'll viably have powers. Well, I mean, Omni-Man, like he, I mean, he, he was going to fulfill that whole destiny of what he was supposed to do. And then like, again, like he just got delayed because of life. I think was the excuse where he's like, well, I met your mother. Then we had you. And then it's like, I kind of forgot what the hell I was supposed to do. That's why I was like, well, hey, also you know he's like, you know, maybe Mark doesn't develop powers and Mark doesn't develop powers. Then I don't have to take over earth. And I can just say, oh, Earth's fine, you know. Yeah. Oops, I tr- oops, I tried. But um, then even he like, I forget what it is in the comics that makes him have that change of heart, and then he just like leaves, and then goes into the bug planet, and he's like, well, I, I have this planet now; it's just as good, right? Oh, like, it's when he, I, it's when he, uh, it's when him and him and Mark 
get a huge fight and he almost kills Mark. Okay, and he just like has like this like gut feeling like, oh, I fucked up. Bye. Yeah. He's like, I gotta leave. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we don't want to spoil too much in case you want to read the comics yourself. Uh, Invincible is an insane, fun, very entertaining, not kid friendly. If you've um, listened this far, you've had a few spoilers, but nothing, nothing so you know major that it's not enjoyable. It's it's great fun. It's not for kids. Uh, there's parts of it that feel like it would be better if you were. <laughs> Uh, somehow simultaneously a 14 year old and also like an 18 year old where you could at least like, you know, uh, handle, handle some of the, the more serious stuff, but it's, it's great. I think for me, like I said, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a fun comic book that is, it's true to a comic. I mean, not to sound stupid, but like it is a comic, but like not like it's basically, it's not making fun of itself too hard. Right. It's, it's, it's parody in so much as it's doing something it's asking a question about, well, how come other comics don't do blank? But it's not like the boys is making fun of you stupid loser. You like superheroes who are nice. Um, and it's not, um, you know, it's, it, it's not, there are certain things it's questioning, but there's certain other things it's not questioning, right? It's not asking why do you, why do superhero narratives exist? Uh, which is kind of like a thing that like a lot of people didn't like about Incredibles too, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, is that like Incredibles 2, is making fun of people, you know, the villain is making fun of people who like superheroes and superhero media, but doing it in a world in which superheroes are illegal. Like they exist, but they're illegal. Um, and so it kind of like becomes this mixed message. Uh, whereas this is a place where superheroes are commonplace. And also they act like superheroes in our other cartoons, but then there's this other force. There's this, this yeah. kind of Cecil as a, a more morally ambiguous, Nick Fury, um, you know, like in the MCU, we like Nick Fury because he ultimately, you know, picks good. But like, what if Nick Fury was less good? Uh, you know, would we still want him to be there? What if Iron Man had more morally gray, you know, things? Would we still want, you know, that in the, in a kind of robot character? What if Superman came from a society that valued different things? And then you have that in Omni-Man. Um, yeah, it's, it's really a, a clever what ifs to, to kind of throw into a universe. Well, check that out. Read the comic books. You can read them online. You can buy them online. Uh, speaking of which, too, you can check out Borderlands also in Greenville, South Carolina, one of my favorite comic book places uh, in the upstate area. Uh, Robert Young and his wife, uh, they are moving to a new location soon. So, again, check out borderlands comics and games they're also going to be hosting sc comic-con hopefully in 2021 it, we obviously didn't have it last year with covid um but they've been doing it three years in a row prior to that and it is a good time in greenville south carolina so check that out as well ben it's always fun talking to you um and, and and the longer your beard grows makes me just uh, realize what year we're in so that's right man awesome cool. so check out more Everybody. episodes with ben as well uh yeah. again, and uh check out more episodes coming out soon as we do false start 